Welcome then, ladies and gentlemen, to a Boyle Sports Grand Slam Daily that is actually being recorded at the most decent time I think we've ever recorded a podcast. Uh, it is five to eight in the evening on the Wednesday after the Boyle Sports Grand Slam of Darts Day 3. Uh, of course, it was three o'clock start here in the UK, um, and it means that we can actually go to bed at a reasonable hour. Well, how considerate the PDC and Sky. Uh, right, uh, Jonathan Jack Garbage, Phil Bars, alongside you to talk through... A day where, once again, there weren't any real shocks, uh, I don't think, Phil. But it it was an intriguing day nonetheless. I I don't know if this tournament is bubbling the way that I thought it would do, but it's bubbling nicely. It's It's on about 190 degrees, and you've cooked about five minutes of, of, of the food you're cooking. Yeah, it's just it's just simmering away. Look, I think we'd like some more shocks, Please. if I'm being honest, because it's all very similar, similar. At, at the moment, the Grand Slam has always been known for producing the shocks, which makes it a slightly different tournament. I think that the fact that we've only got two BDO in brackets representatives actually has taken away something from the tournament. I'm not saying there should have been more BDO because we all know what's gone on there, but the fact there is less different opposition for the PDC players has made it a little bit same old, same old for me. Completely agree. Was was going to get to that point if you didn't make it and we didn't even compare that pre-event. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's missing the shine, isn't it? it like... Well, I haven't made an absolute killing, but in terms of your general accumulators and that sort of thing, it hasn't been that difficult to pick up wins and, and, and money, that sort of thing. And if lots of people are back in the same results, then you pretty much know that we haven't had the drama that we want. The problem you've got here is the fact that we always talk about the Grand Slam and we always say that you can't have invited players in a ranked PDC major, in my opinion. That's the reason why that it takes the shine off the tournament. But there is still that uniqueness because there is no other tournament that has that group stage format that you come through. Certainly at the moment, obviously, the Champions League is gone now. So... In a way, I, I agree with you. In a way, I don't because it is the strongest field we've ever had in the Slam because we haven't had as many invited players. We've only really had three, if you think about it, with Lisa Ashton, uh, Wayne Warren and Makura Suzuki. But at the same time, we talk about the fact that it was the strongest Slam lineup ever. And I think this year, more than most, we've seen, I've actually started to take a little bit more of a shine to the Slam because we haven't had those invited players because it feels like a PDC major. It feels like a, a ranked event should be. Does that make sense? Oh, he's dropped the N-word. But it does. Like, I, the, reason why I don't, uh, the reason why I never class it as, as one of the big three or one of the big tournaments to win is because it, was a, it used to be an unranked event and then it became a ranked event when we realised that we needed to have more ranked tournaments on the TV. But in order for that to happen, we need to phase out invited players because you can't have people like no disrespect when we talk about this. You can't have people like Glenn Durham who come through as a BDO world champion and then get into a semi-final and now as a PDC player it doesn't go on his ranking. That makes no sense. Yeah, but it's the it's the invites and the uncertainty that makes the tournament for me. This just doesn't feel... It just feels like any other tournament. And that's not... The Grand Slam has never been about that, in my opinion. And... It's, look, it might just be because of the situation we're in. It's behind closed doors. There's no fans and everything like that. But for me, it's just lost something. 
Now, would it have been a better idea, or do you think the tournament would have been better in terms of surprise, not, maybe not surprises, but just all-round buzz of putting eight ladies in and having a lady in each pot? I, yeah. I do and I don't, because I spoke about the level of the two that are in the tournament already last night. And I, or if you go four ladies and four wildcard picks and put Martin Adams, someone like that in. Possibly, but then you've got to justify, isn't it? And that's where it's all going to come back to, is, is can you justify whoever the decision is made to invite to this tournament? I don't disagree with why Jar has feelings against the tournament being ranked because it is an invite thing but personally I just, I just don't see the need for it to have ever been a rank it should always have the Grand Slam for me has always been the best of the PDC versus the best of the BDO that's the showdown we all want to see that used to be the big deciding which organisation is better the BDO just just isn't there it slowly declined it's not a thing anymore and it's, it's taken a shine off this event. Uh, don't get me wrong, I quite enjoy the group stage. I, th- I think that's the bonus. But even then, we haven't really seen anything that we were completely unexpected. Apart from maybe Dirk beating Peter Wright. But even then, there'd have been people out there that could have made a case for it. There aren't any that you've gone, well, where's that come from? A few so good performances, think- yes, but... Dirk beat Peter Wright Grand Prix, didn't yeah. he? So if you haven't seen it recently, it's what the... Yeah. No, it wasn't the Grand Prix. It was uh, Peter Wright beat Ryan, uh, Ryan Joyce, didn't we? Ryan, Ryan Joyce. Yeah, Ryan but, Joyce. But the point that uh, Dirk obviously came through against Mesut Sulevich and made the final of the Grand Prix, as you, as you were going to say. But I want to say, um, if the world champion losing to someone isn't a big story for me anymore. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, but we have to... But let's talk about the actual day as a whole. And we'll start off at the end, which isn't a very good place to start normally, but it seems a good place to start this time. Um, Gob, we talked about Rob Cross's throw last night on the show. If you haven't listened to uh, day two, by the way, you can do right now. It's literally the episode before. Um, I thought that his 5-2 victory over Luke Humphreys was probably the best I've seen Voltage play since, I'm going to say, maybe the World Series. 100 average, 40% on the doubles, two 180s, 100 checkout. Rob Cross looked very, very good. I mean, it, it was a match of what nearly could have been because both players were missing the final dart and the combination for ton plus checkouts, left, right and centre. It was almost, almost absolutely unbelievable. It was almost better for finishers than Adam Hunt versus Joe Cullen the other night. Um, but yeah, he just looked good on stage. And we're not going to sit here and do the same as we've done with Michael and say he's back and, and no. left, right and centre. But Rob Cross looked comfortable on stage for the first time in a long time, I thought. I don't think his pause was quite as long when he went for the doubles. And I think he has started to elongate that a little bit. Um, and he Just releasing at the right time. There was no tension in the arm. He got up there and just threw his darts. Phil, I'll tell you what. Before we do that, let's hear from Rob right now uh, when you speak to him, and then we'll come back and get your thoughts on Voltage. Many congratulations. Did that feel more like yourself today? Yeah, I felt good. It's it's a weird old game because sometimes I go up there and I don't feel that I don't really sort of put myself in the corner, which I did today, and I felt sort of maybe 
by putting a bit more pressure on myself, backing myself up in the corner, I knew I had to look at doubles a little bit harder because they'd been a problem. Um, but no, it was nice to go up there and perform to a sort of decent degree. There is better there, but um, beggars can't be choosers at the minute. I'm glad I'm still in the tournament. Are you left scratching your head at times how you can just be brilliant one minute and then so off the next? Like there was literally no middle ground with Rob Cross at the moment. Um, I don't know. That's my focus and, and the same what I've got to correct. Look, my game's perfect on the practice board. I haven't even got to concentrate on there and I'm hitting, I'm hitting everything what I want. Um, I go up there, I lose a little bit of confidence, concentration and, and maybe not myself, but I, did, I really backed myself, like I said, I backed myself into a corner today and, and I was glad I delivered with them doubles and them finishes and, and sort of got the job done. So so I'm not going home early again. Do you sometimes think the you against the world attitude serves you better then? Yeah, I think, uh, look, I've, I'd, <laughs> anyone looking in at the minute would say, yeah, he can't handle a bit of pressure in the world. And that's fine. Um, I have it a little bit different. It's when I channel it probably in the right sort of way. It's when I channel it in the right direction. Um, and then other times it's, it's like pulling on an elastic band and it's like loose as anything. So, um, no, I just need to concentrate a little bit more, get my head down and, and then results will come. You think the fact now the format goes up, you're into competitive knockout darts will serve you better as well? I'm looking forward to that more. I have to admit, I, did, I played obviously best of seven last week in Austria at the World Cup. I played best of nine this week and um, I feel like my head at the minute. I cut my head shaving and, and I feel <laughs> like I'm on a razor blade just waiting to slip. Um, but nah, at the same time, it's, it's, it's okay. I was just glad I got the job done today. And I can excel later on this week, give myself a chance. Is the confidence still there that you can go on and win these tournaments right now? Obviously, long term, you've always said you'll get there. But right now, do you think you can still win these big events? I've gone back to my old darts and I always say I need three weeks. Um, three weeks is coming. It's, it's very close and, and I'm very superstitious in what I do. Um, but at the same time, no, I need to get my head right up there and I need to be focusing on the job instead of going through games and losing concentration for a leg and half, two legs. And then before you know it, bites you. But having a longer format, maybe I can lose a couple of legs and still recover. So you never know. Just touching on the darts, is it more psychological? Because you threw the other ones really well in spells. But I'm guessing, is it just a mental thing, a bit like Michael when he went back to Old Faithfuls, as he called them? it is. Like old slippers, when they're comfortable at home, yeah, you're always going to put them on. You're never going to choose them new ones, what rub you. Um, at the same time, Target have been brilliant with me. They let me use what I want. And um, I have a bond with these darts. Obviously, everything I've won on the PDC, I've won with these darts. So, so it's a massive psychological thing for me to change dart, never won nothing with them. And, and maybe I should have given a little bit, maybe more of a chance. But um, I, think, I think realistically... I'll put these on there, like I said, they're then comfortable slippers and I believe I can win with them. I've hit more 180s on the practice board now than what I've hit in six months this week. So it's been quite nice. Rob, pleasure as always, mate. I wish you all the very best on Friday. Thank you very much, mate. Hi, Rob, congratulations on the result. Um, yeah, well, Dave. Yes, thank you. Uh, I always get it the wrong way. I know, I know. Well, I've, I've, been, I've, I've been called worse. That's definitely... Um, Close shave in more ways than one. Um, but obviously you're through and, and you can sort of press the reset button again. 
Yeah, I can have a nice little relax tomorrow, just sort of um, have a nice chill day, get me a bright and stuff. Um, I, I suppose, look, I'm not a million miles away. It's just about doing it in the right places. And when you're not taking that to the game board, it's very hard for me to accept. At the same time, I think it's, it's one of them things, when things don't go right, you, you hit yourself with that wooden stick a little bit more. But at the same time, no, I was just glad to get through today. A lot of pressure on. And um, after previous exploits in the last week or whatever, it's, it's not been brilliant. So, um, no, I was glad to sort of grab a little bit of confidence, I suppose, from that. It's interesting that after the World Cup, or during and after the World Cup, that Michael Smith has said that you both sort of seem to bond quite a lot and he wanted to get himself going. And that seems to have helped both of you in lots of ways. Yeah, he seemed to took took most off me. He did one, two pro tours last week and fair play to Mike. Um, do you know what? He's a fantastic player. I did. I played some games with him when we was in the World Cup and I thought, do you know, he's scoring phenomenal. I don't think, maybe one, I'm not going to mention him, but there's not another man really what can score like him, but he's a brilliant dart player and um, he deserved all that success. I was glad for him last week. And do you think it's helped you as well to have him by your side and talk to each other during the World Cup? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, don't don't get me wrong, mine, my side is, is just concentration. I need to go up there, I need to concentrate on the job in hand and, and reflect that. I did that pretty well today I wouldn't say I was perfect but at the same time I sort of bossed the game and I dominated it and that's what I want to do I always felt in control and I never sort of give it up there's been there's been sort of a few moments in the last week or two that that I've had I've had control of a game and I've give it back so cheaply it's unreal so um it was nice not to get them trades today and and just win comfortable just finally from me, Rob, um, one thing that people probably don't realise with you, because you come across as very laid back and very easy as you goes or whatever, but you've, you're extremely competitive. And the thing is, there must be something in you as well, but it doesn't show, but you must be like, I'm going to prove myself again. I'm going I'm to go. I'm on a very long journey. You, you've started a lot later than most and you've done a lot more quicker than most, but there's that fire in you, isn't there? You know that's there and you want a, that competitive streak. I always have a burning desire for the game and um, I always want to win everything what I can go into. There's no no doubt about that, that I want to offer my family the best life what I can offer them. And and they do that for me when I go home and the love what they give to me. So it reflects really in another way that I want to be the best what I can for them. I think sometimes I'm guilty. I put too much pressure on myself here and there just through them. But at the same time, without them, I'd be nothing. So um, that that little bit of burning desire, what I need, and and it is there. I can feel him. It's just about a case of sort of bringing him out and and doing the job. And by the way, it was Leighton's birthday the other day, wasn't it? <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah. yeah and and yeah. he usually likes you to bring a trophy home for him as well. He loves that. But at the same time, he said to me, Dad, he said, just do what I do at school. He said, tell him you're real. And he's been your, my birthday with you then. And um, I thought it was really cute. He's getting a little bit crafty now. He's nine and um, it, it, amazing kid. Absolutely amazing. Couldn't ask for a better kid. And every father on the planet should be biased to their own. So um, I suppose I'm one of them. <laughs> well, listen, congratulations today, Rob. Thanks a lot for your time. Thank you very much. Interesting interview, I thought, PB, with Rob. Yeah, he, he, seemed, he, he seemed he seemed calm. He seemed like he was very relaxed, which is, we haven't normally said about Cross. Yeah, no, he says he's practising better than ever. And, and it was interesting listening to him talk about the darts 
that he went back to old faithfuls because he knows he can win with them. Everything he's ever won in the PDC was with this start. And I just think that players are getting into this trap's not the right word, but this mindset almost that comfort is best. Um, and it's, it's just interesting listening to him that he still believes that he can go and win something this year, which is interesting because normally someone that's had his year wouldn't have that confidence. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. Um, let's move it on though, because obviously Rob Cross is in as runner-up, Gob. Uh, you were doing the blog for us today and I feel very, very sorry for you having to watch that Dave Chisholm against Justin Pike game. Oh my days. <laughs> There have been better matches at this year's Grand Slam. <laughs> Safe to say, I don't think that one will be going on the uh, Sky Sports Grand Slam Classics uh, archive list anytime soon. That was terrible. Yeah, I mean, 34 missed starts a double will do that to a match. Um, but, I mean, Justin's not really got a lot to play for there. Chisnell's pretty much already wrapped it up. Um there's, there's not a lot to say about this one, to be honest. The more you start missing, the more and more pressure it starts building. I think they weren't helping themselves sometimes with the doubles they were missing, if that makes sense. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, you, there's such thing as a professional miss, right? And there, there didn't seem to be any of that. There just seemed to be a lot of panic between the two players, um, a lot of stress. And the more and more you miss, if there had been a crowd there, by the way, that would have been absolute chaos. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, let, let's move it on very quickly because we don't want to talk about that. What I do want to talk about is uh, Gary Anderson against Ryan Searle. What is Gary doing getting through to the last 16 of the Grand Slam? Uh, you know, obviously we know about the knee injury and all that sort of stuff. But I tell you what, Gob, he looked good in spells. A couple of in really spells. He looked great for the entire match, mate. He averaged 99 with an 83% checkout rate. But I have to say, there was a couple of... going on the checkouts. Gary's so hit and miss on the doubles right and has been for a long time. And the thing where he went picking up tiles was he just became very, very consistent. Now he's to be back to he's either nine on perfect or he'll have games where he hits one in 40. <laughs> he just looked... He looked good. He looked very, very good. I can't take anything away from that performance. To do that in the pain that he's in on that knee, superb. Arguably one of the best performances you'll see in this tournament because it was to save his skin, because he's doing it under that much pain. Sells throwing 102 average back at him. Also, you know, a 101-11, uh, sorry, a 101-11, a 1-1-1, all the, 11, all the ones to break, kicking off in the first leg. And then he goes and finishes it off, Phil, with a 119 on the ball. In short, that's a bit good. It's a bit Gary Anderson, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> look, Gary's one of the biggest enigmas I think I've ever seen in this sport. But could you imagine if he had the desire, the attitude of Michael Van Gerwen? <laughs> we could have been talking about... Could be talking about, talking about, about the best player ever. Yes. Yeah, easily. Completely agree. Um, the fact he hates the sport... And it's, and it's just something that he's good at, that he makes an exceptional lot of money at, is just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Because the action is just silk. At times, he just feels like he's putting him in the board and cheating. 
it makes it look so easy. It's that, glorious. That, 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 that's the thing. It, he, Phil Taylor, I'm sorry, Phil Taylor fans here, but he didn't make the game look easy. Does that make no, sense? It. it was all very regimented and mechanical. Where Could you imagine if Gary had hit some of Phil's averages, how it would have looked? Unbelievable. I mean, yes. I just think Phil Taylor is the most winningest player of all time. And for me personally, he will always be the greatest of all time. But he was created by Eric Bristow and that desire and, and that relationship they had where Eric sent him away. If he didn't win, right, come back to me, speak to me when you win. And that turned Phil into a winner. He learned how to win and he practised and he practised. And you could start in at the decline of Phil's career towards the end. He wasn't putting the same amount of hours in. And that's when he started to not be as successful. Gary Anderson could not pick up a dart for six months, rock up to what's in six months' time, the UK Open, the maybe a little play. bit after that, match play, and he'd still be a contender for it. Right. Although, he might not be a contender for it after the interview he did with you, PB. Um, forewarning, ladies and gentlemen, if you've not watched it already on our YouTube, this interview is box office. Here it is. Gary, congratulations. The streak goes on. A victory and through to the knockout stages, but we can see you're obviously in a lot of pain. Just how are you feeling right now? After I got beat, I was going home. You know, there was no, that was it. I was, uh, I was on my way home. You know, I, I kind of think that's what might, might have helped me the night because... You win, you win. If you if you lost, I was going home. So, you know. So, uh, yeah. That big 12 for the bull. For once it worked. <laughs> is, is there a danger of you pulling out of the Players' Championships to get the knee sorted before the Worlds in, or not? Listen, it's a knee at the end of the day. It's a lot of people, a lot worse problems than a sore knee. You know, if, if I do that, I have to take time off. I'm back to square one. So, I'm probably better just uh, dragging along until, until after the Worlds. Have to ask you about the other night as well, the gamesmanship as you called it up on the stage. Was oh, it wasn't it? Was, was it? <laughs> was was it aimed at young Adam? At the end of the day, it's probably aimed at a hell of a lot of players, to be honest. But like we say, it doesn't happen. So, you know, but it's really that's what gets them out of goat. You know, you're gonna do something, just say, look, I did, and it worked. Fair dues, end of argument. Well done. Thank you for a minute. I'll know the next time what to expect. I never done it. The grown men, you know. So it's pathetic, you know. I wish I to, you know what? I wish I could do it. I absolutely. Even Tommy will tell you, you know. He says do it back. I can't. I cannot do it back because it's it's not again. So, you know. Do you feel they do it to you because they know it really grates you? It makes you funny because there's certain things that they do which I'm not going to get into. But yeah, it seems to be the same thing at the same time. So. It's obviously going about, isn't it? Makes me weak. Just makes me weak in the head because I'm actually listening to them. You know? You know, but uh, it's one of these things. Yeah. I don't do it to people. I don't expect it to get done to me. And you'll see the rest of them. The rest of them will have a wee niff about someday. So be it. But if they do it, they're no dark players. They're just cowards. And that's a simple fact. You Gary, can quote me on that. Gary, pleasure as always, mate. We'll let you rest up. Thank you very much. Just that. Hey Gary, um, congratulations on the result today. Um, does that make you, you said darts isn't darts anymore, other than on TV. I mean, does that, it's happened before so many times to you as well. I, how does it make you feel all the time? I've hardly been at the darts this year. You've heard of the, the goings on and the arguments and what's going on here, what's going on. 
gone in there. Obviously, it's, it's no me saying it because I'm not there. So obviously, it's happening. So, but I'm the one that says it, and I'm the one that gets all my backside chewed for it because the rest of them can't say they can't speak up for themselves. You know. So you know, but I'm. If you're doing something wrong, face up to it in a minute. Have a pair of pair of jewels about you. You know. So, but nah, you know. Listen, I used to play darts. You'd be up on stage playing a boy. A boy would hit a one eight, take a big. You'd say great darts. You'd actually say to him, good darts, buddy. Great darts. That's well gone. You know, to me, that's was gamesmanship. Yeah, good darts, well played. Great finish. Now, nah. I must also ask you, how did you do your knee? How did, what happened? I've had bad knees for years, but the last four weeks have been absolutely ridiculous. Uh-huh. Was it something that kicked it off or something? Or- well, I don't know. Just so I started getting the pain again in my knee. Well, maybe five weeks ago, four or five weeks ago, because two weeks ago I had the x-ray which I've still not heard nothing about, but <laughs> I'll get there. Lost in the post. But, uh, yeah, it's it's, I, it's, uh, it's actually making me sweat. I feel like I've been working. Okay, well, listen, thanks for your time, Gary, and thanks for talking to us. You are. Gary, well done on the win and, and progressing through to the next stage. What were your expectations going into the game tonight? Did you feel better backstage or were you just playing on adrenaline? I was just looking forward to going home. That's the way I thought it was going to go because Ryan Sill, he's a far better player than me at the moment in time, you know. And he's, he's getting better and better. I like Ryan. You know, he, he, he gets a lot of grief over rubbish, you know, uh, what they've said in the past a bit, but lovely lad and an absolute cracking dart player. And he's going to get better. You watch the space for the next couple of years when he starts to really settle down. Practice board and that, you watch him, it's 180 after 181. He starts doing that up there. <laughs> Telling you, watch out, because he's, uh, he's, he's, I think he's on a bit of a mission. He's, he's going to be really, really dangerous over the next few years. I know the Grand Slam is quite a special tournament to you, so 14 consecutive years to get out of the groove, you've got to be proud of that record. Well, it's 13 because we're not in Wolverhampton, so therefore it doesn't count in my book. So <laughs> I'll lose a year this year, I think. Yeah, it's always been my favourite tournament. Unfortunately, we're not in Wolverhampton, you know. Icing on the cake will be back playing this at the Civic Hall, but uh, don't think it'll be this year. Could you actually be a bit of a spoiler in this tournament now? Could it be beware of the injured darts player for the rest of the week? Oh, if I could spoil their night, I'll love it. Makes it even more interesting for me. Cheers, Never know. I'll, I'll plod on. Like I say, it's it's not. There's nothing brilliant, you know. I know where my game is now, and it's not good. So I've just got to keep firing through things. Alright, brilliant. Cheers, Gary. Gary, sorry, just one more on on the gamesmanship issue. Do you think the financial aspect of darts, whereas the price? Oh, definitely, definitely. Over, over, you've noticed over the last few years, you know, these boys are playing for a lot of money, you know, and they make a lot of money. You know, if if, if you get beat in the first round of the World Championships, it's what, how much is it? Ten, more than twelve pounds. Twelve pounds. That's a year's wages, you know. So and then they get a hump about it getting beat first round. You've just made a year's wages in forty minutes. Why are you getting humped? You know, there's other people who work their, their hearts out to make that kind of money a year. So, you know, it's, uh, but definitely, I, th- I think so. You know, I like the good old days, as we say. And in terms of where your games are, I mean, there are definite positive signs there. You're taking out combination finishes, and at times there's, there's real signs. It, I mean, it's an uh, extended format in the next round. How do you feel that's going to suit you? Oh, we'll just have to keep going, I think. Old scenario, the more darts I play, the hopefully the better I'll get, but I really don't know just now, you know. To be honest, can't wait till this year's over and done with. And then next year, just start from scratch, go back to basics and uh, start from the very bottom again and start working up. Because I don't even reckon I'm in the top 100. 
players on the on the circuit than now. You know, I'd, I'd probably lose nine times out of ten. So you know, so it's a lot of work and a lot of sorting out to do. Right, brilliant. Cheers for your time, Gary. Just that. Uh, again, like we were last night with Peter Wright, Phil. Uh, uh, Gary is Gary. There, it's it's not. There's nothing better, I don't think, than when Gando has a bit of a moan. Personally, I love it, but at the same time, you could tell that he was firing him in a warning shot. Very the field. Very truthful. I I'd say you could start with. When we very first asked him, he was, was going to give a short answer. However, then the switch went and it was... <laughs> um, it, was it was interesting, but it wasn't just one player that he's accusing of cheating. Yep. There, 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 there's a lot. And I just love the fact that he says they all moan about it, but they won't say anything. Yeah, it's me getting my backside chewed. It's not like someone's it's like someone flicked the switch and he's like, no, nah, not having it. I'm not having this. I'm not having this. No, 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 no. Look, we talked about people who potentially have maybe done some gamesmanship over the week. We know this. Adam Gablas, obviously, today uh, losing uh, 5-4 when he was 4-0 up, had a dart for the match to beat Simon Whitlock, which would have been a very, very interesting one there as well. Um, You know, all I'm going to say is that the DRA at this moment in time are going to have a very busy week after what's happened in the last few days. Uh, safe to say I think the Christmas party might be back on yeah I hope we get an invite to that because that's stacking up nicely (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) the the problem is that in their mindsets it's difficult to argue with what Peter Wright said yesterday and it's difficult to argue with what Gary Anderson's been saying today and James Wade yet they've been three highly controversial and outspoken interviews that's where they see the game at the minute. They're entitled to their opinions. And actually, it's quite refreshing for the top players to not be the robots that we've been used to for the last couple of years. We, we get the odd soundbite here and there, but for three players to all come out within 48 hours of each other and, and come out with content like that is fantastic. They're human. For us. They're human. Well, yeah, <laughs> certainly for us, but you're actually getting a feel and insight into the current mindset of the players. Between yeah, the three of them, they're three of the greatest players to ever play the game. They're certainly in my top ten. I think it's also magnified the fact they've been in this bubble for nearly two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Cabin fever has, has hit and they're, they're rating to kill. And also as well, think about it, if they, still there, if they stay in this tournament for a long time, they could be there basically till Tuesday. They get two days off and they're back straight there on Thursday for a Players' Championship final. So... Uh, for a player's championship finals weekend. Have a great time there. Uh, right, moving on quickly, because obviously Simon Whitlock is through alongside Gary Anderson in Group B. Rob Cross and Dave Chisholm through from Group D. Chizzy winning, Cross being runner-up. The winner of Group H today uh, was Dimitri Vandenberg uh, against Wayne Warren. Um, 104.7 average. A man who the two gentlemen that I do the show with normally said that wouldn't, wouldn't make the... Uh, the knockout stages of the groups would have uh, Wayne Warren would be going through and um, safe to say, he, uh, he's putting you in your place there, boys. Put you in your place. 
<laughs> we've got we've got video on tonight, guys. So for the first time, we've got we've got video on on Zoom. So I can't tell you what Gobs has done. So we've got a thing you can all guess. In all seriousness, though, by the way, a serious performance that from Dimitri Vandenberg. By the way, whether or not we we take the mick or not, Dimitri Vandenberg missing double twelve yet again for a nine data for crying out loud, Dimmy. Jesus, wet. Just hit it for Christ's sake. You're the last person to do it. Slam. Do it again. Yeah. Yeah, but. The Dimmy we're seeing on stage right now and over these three group games, he's been unbelievable, right? But we haven't... I don't even think we saw that Dimmy at the match play. right? I don't think we've seen this Dimmy all year. And, and that's why I personally didn't expect him to, to come through that group. I thought it would be a lot tougher. I expected Wayne Moran to be a little bit sharper or be able to ease his way back into the game and be a little bit more competitive. I expected more from Nathan Aspinall because of the player and the, the ranking he currently is. And I thought Ricky Evans would contend a little bit more than he actually has, who scored unbelievably, by the way, today. But we'll get mm. on to that in a minute. So, compared, you look at Dimmy's action right now and the pace of the game that Dimmy is throwing at in comparison to what he played in at the World Cup and what he played in the floor events over the last three weeks. It's a different man. Completely different man. It's like Peter Wright picking up a completely different set of darts, right? Not a surprise. We, couldn't have, the we game. could not have foreseen this. I did. I did. No, you got lucky because you fancy him. <laughs> well, <laughs> there may be that aspect of it as well, yes. Uh, PB, come on to that game as well with Dimi, but a big win again for Nathan Aspinall. I thought that was probably the most cool Nathan Aspinall looked under pressure that I've seen in a while. And on the outer ring in particular, I thought he did all right. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a confidence-boosting game for him, for, for certain. Um, he still needs to up it. 93.5 average. Is that what we expect from Nathan Aspinall? No. No. We, look, look, don't and that's saved by the doubling. That's 93.5 average is still obviously very good. But the bar is set that high from the Asp. We expect more from him. But I, I genuinely think he is one that is suffering probably more than anyone with no fans. Yeah. Massively. Because he's the one that interacts, gives it large, feeds off them. And I think he's finding it very tough right now. Desi did to start with, but he's learned how to channel that aggression. But I don't think Nathan has yet. And... We might not see the best of Nathan happen until fans are back. Which is a worry for him as he's defending a World Championship semi-final. Agreed. Yes, very much so. Moving on, Group F. And uh, James Wade, I'll be brutally honest, oh, that, that's where I hold my hands up and say that I didn't see that one coming. What a performance from Wadey coming through in 3-3, three and three, beating Glenn Durant 5-2. Obviously, does still very much rec- uh, recovering from COVID. But, Gob, probably the most dramatic match of the day by a distance. Damon Hesser against Jermaine Watamina. This was unscrap. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's mad how, I mean, they've averaged 86 each, but it was arguably one of the best games of the day because it was just drama back and forward. There was a couple of legs where both players were just very, very comfortable on their own throw. But when it all culminated in the the big moments, they were both there at the same time. And it was, it was a really, really good game to watch. Um, last leg, plenty, plenty of drama. Uh, I thought Jermaine had, had done enough. Um, looked great when he set up the 16 from 150. Uh, yeah, from 150. 
Uh, Heta then misses a dart for the Shanghai, and you're like, oh my God, that's him finished. Then Jermaine goes inside three times on 16 and ends up on double one. Mental. Um, the problem with Jermaine is when he misses one at a double, I don't back him to go with it for the second or third time. I think he's so quick. There's, he could learn a thing or two from people like Dimmy and Rob Cross who just take that extra moment to set themselves before going for those crucial moments and, and learn how to hit a double, perhaps a little bit out of his rhythm, but understand the importance of the moment and give it as much care and attention as he possibly can because he's, he's got quite a laid-back, lackadaisical throw. There's nothing mechanically wrong with it, but it just doesn't seem like the most intense. And I think if gives it a little bit more focus, that's when he can start making sure that he gets over the line in these games. Because how many times have we said this about Watermain? It's another heartbreaker on stage at a TV tournament. Very much so. And this is what I'm going to come on to, Phil. The fact that, you know, we, we have um, a lot of other stuff in terms of... Um, right, Jermaine, we've seen too many of them for me that he's lost in heartbreakers on TV. We saw it at the, at the March back at the UK Open, losing to Dirk van Dijvenboda. Gob, you were there obviously covering it in the multi-board room. Remember that one? That was a, a heartbreaker. And remember that game against Luke Humphreys at the World Championships, Phil? In my opinion, arguably the best game of the tournament by a long way, I thought. Absolutely yeah, no, that's the thing. You can't keep losing these games and it not leaving big, big mental scars. And like Gob said, if he's got one dart at the end of a big combination, you fancy him to hit it. With three darts in hand, I'm never convinced it's going to go. It's difficult. It is difficult. There's no doubt about that. But hopefully for Jermaine's... Uh, we will see him back at the Players' Championship Finals, of course, uh, later on in the year, and he will be able to avenge potentially that defeat. Let's go through then the results for you one final time as we move into day three of the uh, the end of day three of the Royal Sports Grand Slam of Darts. And this is how uh, the scores were looked in Group B: Simon Whitlock five, Adam Gavlas four, uh, Gary Anderson five, Ryan Self three, Dave Chisnell five. Justin Pipe 2 and Rob Cross 5, Luke Humphreys 2 were in Group D, Group F, James Wade 5, Glenn Durham 2 and Damon Hetter 5, Jermaine Watamina 4 and Group H saw Dimitri Vandenberg uh, beat Wayne Warren by 5 eggs to 1 and Nathan Aspinall coming through against Ricky Evans 5-1. So this is how it all looks then really in terms of the groups. The group winners of B were Simon Whitlock, runner-up Gary Anderson. Uh, group D, the runner-up was Rob Cross, winner Dave Chisnell. James Wade wins Group F with Damon Hetter coming second that one. And in Group H is Dimitri Vandenberg, the match by champion, in as group winner. Nathan Aspinall is the runner up. So that is how the draw bracket looks. We do know, boys, by the way, that Michael Van Gerwen and Gary Anderson will lock horns probably on Saturday night, no doubt. I think it might be two days off for, Gaz uh, for, for Gando, which I think he'll be very happy about. So I am very much looking forward to that game. Uh, right, moving on. Group as Groups A, C, E and G finish tomorrow. We don't have any idea on who's qualified yet. 
from those four groups. The only people that we do know is Marco Van Gerwen, and he will finish top of Group A. Josip de Sousa against Lisa Rashton starts us off. Michael Smith against Christopher Tyski is next. That's in Group C. Group G then take the stage. Johnny Clayton against Makura Suzuki and Gerwin Price against Ryan Joyce. Ian White and Dirk van Dijvenbode and Peter Wright and Devin Peterson then follow in Group E. And then it's Gabriel Clemens against Adam Hunt and Michael van Gerwen against Joe Cullen to round off the night in Group A. Um, Phil, we'll start with you tonight. Game of the day there that you're looking at potentially tomorrow? I think mm, I'm torn, but I quite like Gezi against Ryan Joyce. That's an interesting pick. That was a very much dark horse pick. I did not expect that from you. Well, I just think that one, that Gezi's not played well, which levels the field a little bit. Um, I'm just, intri- just intrigued. You know one of those games you just look at it and go, hmm... I love this. Um, yes. It's, it's one, just one of those I look at it and go, this, I don't know what's going to happen, which goes back to my original point at the start of the show. Some of them you look at them and go, yeah, obvious. Where this, I just don't know. It could be very interesting to see what happens there. Uh, obviously, I won't, do you know what, actually? We'll go through the rest of the games of the day, actually, first, and then I'll ask you to pick who you think comes out of each group. Uh, Gob, you're going the day there first. <laughs> Chuck a couple of coins up in the air and see which one lands. Um, Michael Smith, Christopher Tarski could be an absolute belter, especially the way that Ritarski finished his match against Lisa Ashton. Michael Smith looks superb. Ian White, Dirk Van Dijvenbode, that's got potential. As as the other game in that group, Peter Wright, Devin Peterson, that's where I'm going. That could be an absolute classic. That for me is the correct answer, in, in my honest opinion. Peter Wright against Devin Peterson is huge. Devin needs one leg, I think it is, to qualify uh, for the Grand Slam uh, knockout stages. Wright obviously has to win, you'd think, um, because Devin Diver against Ian White. It, it, the only different, the only thing that might help him is obviously if he doesn't win, then Ian White might still be able to overtake him one leg different. So it is still really is all to play for between in that group in particular. Um, so yeah I, I'm going to go with that one Devin Peterson against Peter Wright could be absolutely mental could be a really good game and I'm very much looking forward to that he just needs one leg I think it is in order to qualify James, okay before we go I'm just going to pull you up on this this time last year we were saying that we couldn't get excited about Peter Wright's games because we don't know what he's going to do equipment wise and I'm back to that stage at the moment where I'm just like nah. Yeah, Which but, is part of the reason why I didn't go for it. Yeah, but the thing is, is that we right is the fact that like obviously he's lost the first game, which obviously gives some intrigue into it as well. But at the same time, though, I thought he played pretty well on on uh, last night. I thought he played decent stuff. You know, he was averaging what was it, 104, 105, somewhere in the in the in the hunt. It's certainly somewhere in the hundreds. Six, yeah, I think he finished with. Yeah, when he exactly. checked, he was great. The moral of the story is stop around. <laughs> and just play with either the diamond ones or the world championship ones. They're the ones that fly best. They're Sorry, Phil, I think we... you dropped out there a second. Can you just repeat what you said? <laughs> <laughs> They're the ones that win things for him. They're the ones that it's high average with. Stop playing with all the other ones that after two legs, you're playing like an absolute tit. They're going on the board at funny angles. I'm just bored of it. <laughs> so are you suggesting, by the way, that he's going to qualify then tomorrow? 
No, Devon beats him. Oh, so who do you think then? Who do you think going to take him? Uh, he's going to take his spot then. Joey, the genius. <laughs> that's a bold call. And in a way, it serves him right for mucking around with his darts. <laughs> More of the story. Play with tried and tested. Hello, Michael Van Gerwen and Rob Cross. Well, Michael Van Gerwen's uh, last couple of darts has gone pretty damn well when he's moved back to Old Faithfuls. That's Old all magic. I'm going to say. Old magic works. Diamonds and World Championship darts work. Hybrid, <laughs> obliviated, butchered darts don't. Um, if you're yet, listening, at, yet. If you're if you're if you're listening at Wimmow, sorry for the thing about Michael Van Gerwen. I prefer not to speak. If I speak, I am in big trouble. Uh, <laughs> right, very quickly, uh, Gob. Who do you think is going to join? Uh, who do you think is going to qualify out of Group E then? Really, because I'm going to go with. I'm actually going to go with Pete Wright and Devin Peterson. I think they'll both qualify. Yeah, just can't not back him. I backed him to win the tournament. Same. <laughs> Same. Don't believe really down on that now, please. Thank you. Although, although to be fair though, I did because it is. <laughs> yeah, to be fair though, I've uh, I've I've gone with um, I've definitely gone uh, with uh, with Dirt to to qualify initially, but I think it's going to be Devon and Peter just to get through. Okay, let's move on then to Group A. So we know that Michael Van Gerwen will top the group. There is no doubt about that because of the leg difference. Who out of Joe Cullen, Adam Hunt, and Gabriel Clemens joined him? Phil. This could get messy. Like, Very messy. Like I'm talking Mickey Flanagan out, out messy. <laughs> it's it's um, tight. You look at I've just looked at the stats. He's you know Adam Hunt hasn't got a, hasn't got a half bad shout of qualifying. Right. So I think we will agree. Well, I think Michael beats Joe, but I think it will be close-ish. I think it'll be a five-three. I'm going to go. Uh, with. Yeah, I think five-three MVG. Yes. Adam Hunt played some good stuff against Joe, and if he takes out the leg five, he wins the match. Um, I've just got a funny feeling. That everyone knows my feelings. I'm not sold on Clements on the stage yet. Will yeah. he hold up under that pressure is something I don't know. The only way that Adam Hunt can qualify must be suggested. No, I'm not, I'm not saying Adam Hunt qualifies, but there's only a leg between Cullen and Clements. Hmm. I'm thinking Cullen, nine dark shootout. But but remember, of course, if Cullen does lose and Clements does win, uh, then obviously Clements will move on to four points and he'll qualify automatically. Because obviously Cullen will have two. Yeah, but I think Hunt might beat Clements. I've got a funny feeling that Hunt might do it, you know. I really do. God, I think he's he played well enough in the two games to suggest he might get something here. Gob, are you are you are you with us here? Do you think that do you think that Clemens will think we could have a potential nine dart shootout? I mean, I'd love to see one. I, I do enjoy the nine dart shootout, and I think the way that they build it up these days is just there's so many things to get through to decide you're going through before a nine dart shootout. I think if you finish on point level on points, forget leg difference, you should or you should be going straight to a shootout. It'd be brilliant entertainment. Um, I don't know. It's an absolute mess, isn't it? If MVG goes berserk against Joe Cullen, like he has done in the last two games, then there's, there's no reason why he can't completely blow Joe out of the equation. This one's an absolute coin toss for the entire group, apart from Michael getting through. Definitely. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm going to go with the rock star. I, think, I do think Cullen comes through just about and does enough. Uh, to, to qualify uh, that's where I'm going with it just 
only just. Uh, right, Group C here. Michael Smith is pretty much assured, I think, of a place in the last 16. I think he needs to win a couple of legs just to be sure and just to make sure that he gets through. Um, so uh, that will that'll be that sorted. Uh, so I'm going to say he goes through. And I'm going to say as well that the Portuguese man of scores beats Lisa. And because of that... He will qualify because he will have more points than Christopher Tyski. Think you bang on? Think you bang on with that one? Right. Here he comes. I, I think. That's dangerous. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a funny feeling Ratajski is going to beat Michael Smith. Okay, brave. Then, I think the special one will beat Lisa Ashton. Are you suggesting we're heading for another shootout? Well, obviously, remember that if they're separated on leg difference, remember it's who won the direct encounter between them. And remember, well, to be fair though, the only way that we could potentially have a... Well, we can't, I don't think. Because remember, Jose de yeah. Well, Jose de Sousa beat Christopher Tyski. So because of that, he would be separated and he will go through. The only way you can get a nine-dart shootout nowadays is if it's three-way, can't you? Absolutely right. Yeah, but if my equation is correct, then they're all on four points. Correct. But Jose de Sousa and Christopher Tyski, you know, it could all be there, but then it all depends on the leg difference, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so they'd have to drag Smith back into it as well. Yeah, no, no I, I, I think that Ratajski-Smith goes nine legs, but I think... I, I think Ratajski nicks the odd leg. Just look, he was sensational against Lisa scoring wise. If he scores like that, he averaged 106 with one of the worst double percentages I've seen. Um, mm. So five four to Ratajski. Then so, Jose de Sousa would have to win by five two or better to make sure that he qualifies because he he won the direct encounter obviously with Christoph Ratajski and because of that, that's how it would be separated by. Which, in that case, Jose goes through because I think he beats Lisa Ashton 5-1. I'll be close, though. One leg in it, in that group. Yeah. Be very, very tight. Moving on to Group G, then. Uh, Garen Price against Ryan Joyce, and then Makuri Suzuki against Johnny Clayton. I don't think there's going to be any drama in this one, if you want me to be brutally honest. I think I think Gersey does beat Ryan Joyce just. I don't think it'll be, cl- I don't think it'll be uh, a fun watch. I think it'll be 5-4. But I then think uh, Johnny Clayton comes through against Makuru. I think he'll be 5-3 in that game. So you're, with that, you're saying Ryan goes through? No, I'm not, because uh, I think Price beat Ryan, so that'll be 5 Oh, right. sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then Clayton would uh, Clayton would obviously qualify because he'd get four points, Ryan would yeah. only be on two. See, I think this group's close. I really do. I think we're heading for three on four points. I think Ryan Joyce upsets Gezi tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's finishing in the winter series superb it's finishing so far very very good Gezi's given people chances and so far the two players he's played haven't been able to finish to make the most of them if he gives those choices to Ryan Joyce tomorrow on double 16 he will pay the price for it I agree with you I don't disagree that if you leave Ryan Joyce to double 16 he's one of the best 16 hitters in the world right now but I still think this is where, this I, is where I, Gezi he goes and averages 114 or something ridiculous and I look like an idiot again this week but correct current form from the last two games I think if they play the same way they have done for the 
two previous group games, Ryan Joyce will beat Gerwin Price. And then it all comes down to leg difference. Correct. Do you think Clay- I presume you think Clayton will beat Suzuki? I do, yes. It all comes down to leg difference. So, who do you- so do you think that Gerwin Price gets through? Uh, I don't think he loses massively to Joyce. I think he gives up chances, but I don't think Joyce smashes him. So I think that he's still pretty set. It'll just be down on the leg difference between Joyce and, and Clayton. PB? Yeah, I, I agree with Gob that if you're judging this game on the two games so far, that I Ryan Joyce wins. But I think Gezi might go berserk tomorrow. He needs so. to. He he's needs to announce had... to everybody else that he is here to defend his title because so far he's had two sub-90 averages against yeah. players that have both been there for the taking in, in very subdued performances. Yeah. Survive full-match data crisis on Monday night as well. That's if you're going to three-peat, you need to let everybody else know that you're here because at the minute, Michael's doing that. Peter Wright did that yesterday. Dimitri's doing that. Devil's done that. James, James Wade has announced that he's here. Gary Anderson. Whitlock as well. very, very good today. Simon Whitlock. So there's a lot of people right now that want your title, Mr. Price. And if you ain't going to win it, it was throwing 89 averages. Correct. I'm going Gerwin Price to win 5-3. Johnny Clayton to win 5-2. So that means obviously Price and Clayton will still qualify, which is what we initially all said. Uh, in uh, on uh, the preview show so that then wraps up uh, day three of the World Sports Grand Slam Daily Phil Bars Jack Gobby Garwood thank you very much as always for joining us we'll be back at seven o'clock on Thursday night on com for the live blog as we, get, as we get to the end of the group stages and of course don't forget as well that we'll have our recommended bets available across the day on Boyle Sports uh, from our friends at Boyle Sports go to com and have a look at that so we'll be back same time ish tomorrow whenever you want to listen to it to be brutally honest on Friday morning uh, re- reacting to the end of the group stages who will join the nine in the draw so far on the, in the last 16 of the Royal Sports Grand Slam of Darts. Take care and we'll see you all tomorrow. Mm-hmm.